we doing? Good, good. good. I'm Jacob North. Uh, Steven Patzner. And we are back with the third episode of Third Ball Podcast. Yeah, yeah Third Ball Podcast. So tell me, Steven, again about why you were compelled to do this. I know it starts with some of the changes that you had made and some of the people that had observed those changes and, and sort of asked you to, yeah. to, to explain some of your... I, I was talking to a couple people last night that saw me uh, a few years ago at the VFW, uh, the Ballantine, the James Ballantine VFW. What's a VFW? For those who don't know that, what that means. The Veterans of Foreign War. It's like a drinking establishment. A little like a little bar, yeah, little geared bar. towards veterans. Yeah, yeah, but. geared towards veterans, but it it's in a, a very uh, happening spot in the city, so it still um, gets a lot of people, and it gets a really good karaoke crowd or karaoke <laughs> karaoke crowd. Uh, they get a really good karaoke crowd that uh, very good singers, so that's what drew me originally uh-huh. to that area because I I love to hear people sing live. Yeah, but yeah. So I saw some people last night that that told me they had seen me, and uh, a couple years ago, and they 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 had not heard of the fact that I had lost weight or anything like that. And uh, the guy told me the first thing he told me was that he noticed how positive I I was, and that every time he had seen me in the last couple of years, he said that, that I seemed very positive. So. Mm-hmm. But, and then I told him that I had lost a lot of weight, and that gives you a really positive outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Life is a learning process, and you're, you're uh, basically uh, learning as you go, and you can kind of reopen uh, different ways your mind thinks. And if people always say negative things to you, you turn uh, negative, you turn into a negative person. Person and if you if people are always saying positive things, you turn into a positive person. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about this. I mean, I now more than ever, if someone doesn't have anything positive to say, I simply leave. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. And I notice you do the same. So yeah, yeah, I'm sort of the same way. Yeah, and so for those just listening, maybe just getting caught up, you know, this podcast is sort of an intention to sort of share our techniques or our methods. In particular, some of the you know methods that Stephen used to sort of begin his transformation, uh, sort of the ad- the ad- transformation of attitude, you know, from negative to positive, and from there the transformation of uh, the body, you know, the physicality, you know, where uh, I think a lot of people, from what I understand, people were asking you, you know, Stephen, I used to know you, and you were three hundred pounds, yeah, and they and they asked how you tell me how you do it, and they. You, they were even recommended you do a YouTube series or do a yeah, podcast. I've had, and last night was no different. I had a, a group of, of young men, uh, well, younger than me, probably older than you, and I think you're 35. I think the guy was mm. like, I think he said he was 36. Okay. I'm 37, so they might be oh. around my age. Yeah, they seem to be about your age, but they were uh, really, really interested in... in uh, staying, uh, the guy told me he was at wit's end with the divorce. And I said that it's a, it's a daily battle and I wish I hadn't fallen down the rabbit hole, so to speak. That's what they were saying about their relationships. Well, no, he, he told me that, um, that he was engaged in a negative, bitter divorce 
and that he thought he might be drinking too much. And I said, that's a really dangerous place to be in. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. And, you know, it started out when I started drinking again. I didn't drink the whole time I was married for over 15 years uh, because my wife thought I was an alcoholic, which I probably was and still am because I, I was drinking uh, a liter a day in no time. In less than a month's time, I was back up to a liter a day. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, all of it runs hand in hand. It was like a, a depression uh, uh, downward spiral with mm -hmm. the alcohol. I felt compelled to continue drinking because it made me feel good. Then you, then you don't feel good. Then you eat. Then you, you know. And I see a lot of people in that. But, but yeah, people will will come up to me randomly, and 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 I don't think it was the weight loss as much. In this guy's case, it was really interesting because he said that he he had seen me around and he thought I was really positive. Yeah. Now the interesting thing to me there is I've never said a word to him. So it was more of a visual. Uh, uh, yeah, it was somehow how he got, and I'm like, wait a minute here. Why do you, why on earth would you say I'm positive? He says, well, you're always smiling and you're always happy. And I said, that's because I am. And I, I talked to him briefly about how we, we talk about an AA, even though I don't really advocate for AA, but we talk about it all the time. And I never listened to him, but they said that, that happiness is a choice. You choose, no matter what's going on in your life, you can choose to be happy. And one day I was at an AA meeting and I thought, you know what, I, I don't have anything better to do. And I thought, well, I'm going to try and be happy today. And lo and behold, it worked. I thought, why am I thinking about all this negative stuff? Mm -hmm. Why am I thinking about my taxes before they're due? Why am I thinking about uh, the water bill. I'm going to go have fun, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it it blossomed from there. But I was I was an, I had a, a a joyless life in marriage. I was always picking up my kids, um, you know, just incredibly d devoted, as they say. I didn't have a lot of time for myself or my own happiness. So that was uh that was uh huge. Yeah. So like the, well, the, there's a really good quote about happiness and about the work, the work that it takes. And it's, um, it goes something like, um, you can make yourself happy or you can make yourself miserable. It is the same amount of work. I think it's, I would, I've never heard that quote, but I'd say it's actually harder. Once I got the hang of it now, it seems harder to make myself miserable. <laughs> It really does. It, it seems to take it, and I'm like, why? Why would I? Why more work? But, but yet, but yet, some people find themselves miserable. In fact, a lot of people you, they find themselves miserable, and so they, from their perspective, it's easier to be miserable. They found it easier to make themselves miserable. It's almost like a natural state, and to make themselves happy is harder. Now you're kind of looking at it from the other side of the teeter totter. Yeah, but well, when I grew up. And I remember, and we, I, again, another thing that I didn't used, to, I used to not listen to in AA, and one day I thought, well, I'm going to listen to these people and see if I can get something out of this meeting. And uh, so one of the guys was was talking about saying, 
And this brings us back to pinball, too. He said, you have to go back to a spot where you were happiest in your life. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, I used to um, kind of sneak out of the house and go play pinball. You know, I felt like back then, uh, pinball was, uh, it wasn't like it is today. It wasn't like a, a luxury uh game that people played it was more like these things were in bars there was one of them people smoked in bars and it was kind of a dirty habit like smoking Mm -hmm. but then I thought you know I can uh I can play pinball I own five machines uh, as it is and you know I start I I know those games by heart I've played them so much that I don't really enjoy them anymore so I started going out, and then uh, uh, I went out to see people sing, and then they opened an arcade, a, a retro arcade, by where I would go sing karaoke, mm-hmm. um, which isn't, you know, for what it's worth, it's really important. I, I think that uh, there's just an incredible amount of joy, I think, in karaoke. I mean, I don't know why. I, I just really love to see people sing. I love seeing them Mm-hmm. perform and people interacting and the whole deal just makes me incredibly happy yeah but then but then pinball uh, i feel like i'm a really blessed uh blessed guy well how so why well and i was thinking about this again yesterday uh i i sometimes i i get on facebook and i see people and uh, on vacation on it we're in Minnesota right now. Look out the window. It's 30 degrees with snow on the ground. Yeah. And I know people right now that post, and I'm sure they do it kind of to make people jealous, although I'm not sure. But, you know, we're, we're at the Punta Cana airport or the KQ morning show was in. And there's a certain part of you that said, man, I wish I was warm. But then mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I get to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I can go. And I play pinball for basically free as long as I want. Mm-hmm. They got probably 20, 30 machines. And I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, while I'm playing those games, I'm as happy as anyone on the beach. Right. As bizarre as it may sound, now several times in the last few months, I would have to say that my encounters with pinball have been... Better than sex. Mm-hmm. I never dreamed I'd say that. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the joy I got in jumping around, I never remember jumping around during sex and just <laughs> being overwhelmingly joyful. Yeah. You know, I never got that out of sex. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got close. Yeah, you know, with sex. But, you know. Right. But if you've, you know, if you've had it, you know what I'm talking about. But, and then there's this just, down afterwards you know you're you know that 15 minutes of kind of reality after you have sex and then that need is 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 whatever that never happens with pinball yeah yeah i'm ready for the next game Mm -hmm. so another another game leaves me energized so to speak we can talk about the happiness right now you have to find something in your life that you're happy to do your passion so to speak that doesn't hurt you that doesn't that doesn't yes exactly right that doesn't yeah i mean we all want to take 
you know, we all want that feeling of, of smoking crack cocaine or drinking a, 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 a liter straight. Right. Uh, for me, that was kind of escape. But you have to have a release. You can't. There was no way. Because then you sit around the house and you think, what the hell? I may as well drink. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't know how people find that different source of happiness. I mean, I'm trying to boil down the minimum amount of happiness that you need. The, the most simple thing, you know, for me, if I, if I were homeless and, and on drugs and I was, you know, in need of finding happiness, I would, I would find it in meditation. I would find it in writing. You know, I would find it in, in listening, you know, yeah. having conversations. And so, you know, people, I think, sometimes do struggle to have a source of happiness. If they, if maybe if they don't have hobbies or if they don't have friends to talk to or they don't enjoy movies or they don't, I don't know, you know, hobbies is a big one. Having a sort of your own creative source, your own source of yeah. creativity. You know, for me, that's my personal source of happiness. And we'll get to that a little later. But, you know, I think that. I really want to try and encourage people and advise people, anyone listening who is taking advice, who is taking these ideas and considering them, you know, you you really need to know what happiness feels like. And it doesn't, happiness doesn't have to feel like a drugs and, and sad. It doesn't have to feel like riding a roller coaster or, you know, the feeling you get when you fly into Paris, France for the first time or, and you're with a loved one. That's extreme happiness. But, you know, normal everyday happiness for people who can't afford that stuff or, you know, are doing things yeah. that damage them. Normal everyday happiness has to be found in the mundane things like listening and like writing and like, uh, you know, walking and, and meditating. And, and I had heard the quote, you have to go back in your life and find where you were truly happy. Yeah. I had heard that quote. No less than 100. I mean, they say it all the time in, a, in AA groups across the country. Go back to a point where you where you were happy in life. And I, I don't know if I wasn't listening or just not paying attention or didn't want to pay attention. But one time I did. And I thought, you know what, damn it, I'm going to go out and have a good time mm -hmm. and do this karaoke. And then the, the, the pinball came along. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? That's where I was happiest in my life when mm -hmm. I played pinball and snuck out of the house and mm -hmm. and kind of shirked my responsibilities. So there's a feeling I'm kind of getting away with something there. Mm -hmm. it, it really falls together. But I've seen people do it with bands. You know, they're in a band making music. Yeah, yeah. I got a friend on on Facebook, uh, Scott Hamilton. He's in a cover band of ACDC, mm -hmm. and that's his joy. That's his passion. Right. And I. Right. I I connect with him on several levels, and then one day I, I see he puts a post about being sober for mm -hmm. 30 years, mm -hmm. and he had boiled down the number of seconds. How long you're sober for does nothing for me. Mm -hmm. You know, celebrating three years of sobriety, yeah, it's where you're at right now. Yeah, whether you're sober or not. Exactly. Right now. If you've... If yeah. you've uh, but that's just different people celebrate in different ways. Some people like that number or whatever. It feels, you know, it means it, something to them. It was important for me to note that I didn't fall into that, okay, hoorah, I get my coin for three years of sobriety. That seemed more like a prison sentence to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right, worrying about the duration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, 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 yeah. And, 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 you know, that seemed like somebody that was not happy with life. They're, they're okay, I've, I've, I've had three years of... Just Some waiting. you know, counting the years in jail. 
Yeah, anticipating. Mark, yeah, yeah. Mark, marking down. It almost seems like the next time until they have their next drink. So one thing, and, and I was sober for twenty years mm-hmm. when I was married. Me and my wife got in a big fight. She hit me over the head with a hammer. I said, "That's it. I'm not drinking." Okay. You know, uh, anymore. Yeah. So the whole time I was married, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't uh, drinking. Uh-huh. So almost from the minute I got married, so for 15 years, and then a couple of years afterwards, I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. But then I, I thought, well, you know, I can, I can drink. Yeah. You know, she was, yeah. you know, it was kind of the problem was her. I didn't really believe I was an alcoholic until I tested that out. Uh-huh. Until you drank. Yeah, and that's anyone that has any idea in their head that that alcohol, I would say alcohol is the most dangerous of all drugs and it's legal. Yeah. You know, it, it by I've seen more things happen to people. I've seen more people die in my AA groups. Maybe it's just cuz it's more prevalent. You know, I've seen people die from other drugs, but man, alcohol, ask any cop. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you alcohol kills more people. Yeah. But one thing important to note, it helped me overcome shyness and it made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Had I not ever drank, I would have kind of been a dud that sat around and read books and, you know, didn't get out and enjoy life. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but anyway, back to, uh, back to, uh, uh what we were going to talk about, about the, uh, releasing chemicals in your brain. There's some mm-hmm. science, science behind what we're talking about. I want to come back to happiness and I also want to talk about happiness versus excitement and knowing how to discern between those two or what those mean to us. And I also want to talk about being happy when you're not happy. So understanding, again, I think I already talked about this earlier, but that emotional pendulum and how it swings back and forth and how that you have to be happy not being happy because it's going to happen. You're going to not be happy sometimes. I just heard a quote about how Practicing a hobby is actually just as rewarding as some of those other more instantaneous forms Pinball. of ha- happiness. Pinball but, is a hobby. Or, or like, yeah, they're spending, right, for you, like, pinball is a hobby and, like, kind of the skill and the cultivating the, the skill and the ability behind that. Video games are a hobby. Right, yeah. For yeah, for me, like my personal hobby is is video game development, and uh, you know, there, I can be happy playing a video game. This is a great example, and this was me in my my teens and growing up. I loved video games so much, and that's one of the things that Stephen and I have in common. Is you know, he he comes almost from like a pre digital age of video games. You know, he's more of a pinball fan than a video game fan, and we've talked about this. I'm but but I'm a huge video game fan, and that's all I used to love to do. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a nor- normal person. I do other things, but I loved playing video games so much. Anyway, uh, but I got to the point where I started to rationalize my timeline on, on this planet, and I'm a creative person, and so I, I kind of lost the ability to play games, and I, I got to a point not too long ago, maybe five years ago or so, in my late 20s, where I, I couldn't even rationalize investing the time that it took to play games anymore, when I knew I had a creative offering. I knew that I could learn how to make my own games and, and make them. And so that, for me, slowly started to re- replace it. But uh, to, to conclude here, you know, I heard that recently, that just practicing your own hobby, it ha- actually has just as much of a 
a emotional chemical reward for you as the other things that you do. So for me, it would be playing video games. You know, I can go and play a video game and have fun, uh-huh, but to spend that 30 minutes or that hour or two hours or whatever practicing a hobby, like learning the skills and then tooling away and crafting something and seeing the results of that is, uh, I think there's some science uh, behind this that I want to collect, but um, people mm-hmm. look at, at create, you know, hobbies or, you know, practicing something or, or working at something as work so that it doesn't make you happy. But if you're working, if you're working at something that is uh, fun to you, you know, one, one of my favorite quotes, a man that loves his job, never works a day in his life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That, uh, uh, who is that? <laughs> I don't know. A man that works at, uh, I think it's, uh, it's one of the great Chinese. It's really important for me to note that we both arrived at, see, you say you have to be unhappy when you're unhappy. And that's one thing I realized. I'm happy all the time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know me, I'm happy well, you just can, when I get right. a cup of coffee in the morning. Well, you're a rare case. I'm going to be honest. I mean, we, we, Stephen and I work in an office full of people. We see a full, an office full of people. And I don't think one person, maybe close, very close. I know a couple of people we could think about right off the top of our heads, but I don't think anyone exudes happiness like you do. And, you know, so it's a rare case. It's a a plane that you've arrived at. All I have to do is think back in my head of me dying in bed, Mm -hmm. weighing 300 pounds, you know, Mm -hmm. just that little, that was kind of it for a long time. I just thought, well, I'm better than I was then. Mm -hmm. And now it's just evolved to just, you know, why be sad? Happy, and we talk about that again in, in, in AA, happiness is a choice. And I've heard that quote, mm-hmm. you know, you can get up in the morning. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, if, if you have a uh, court for a DUI, and, or, you can be happy that day, even though you have terrible things happening in your life. Mm-hmm. You can be going to a funeral of a loved one and you can choose Hey, I'm going to be happy today. Well, right. I think uh, a lot of people in this country right now have to sort of make that choice because, uh, you know, just two days ago, uh, I think it was two days ago, you know, down in Florida. Yeah. You know, a a horrible person killed a lot of people, and it's created a huge mark on, once again, for the umpteenth time, you know, people have uh, plenty of reasons to be sad. And it makes me sad to think about that. But... I went to an event last night with some people, some crea- fellow creatives, and I had a great time. It was very, and everyone else around me was happy. And, and Stephen and I are very happy to be here right now. You know, we've chosen, despite the things going on f- down in Florida or far away or even nearby. Yeah, you know, we've chosen to be happy. I mean, you know, not well, to toot our horns or anything like that, but I talked about that exact shooting, the school shooting, and I was talking to a, a fellow I met that was a that's a counselor. And we talked about how, and I told him, I see how people, I'm not that type of person that would shoot somebody. But when you have no will to live, you kind of look at it like, some people look at it like, I'm going to take as many people down with me mm-hmm. as possible. So as they mm-hmm. exit the planet, they look at it like a game. Maybe they're going to hit the history books. It really doesn't matter. They've decided they they don't no longer want to live. Mm-hmm. So they're going to take this other other people out with them, and they don't really care. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sad. It's sad yeah. to me. But I would never do that because I'm 
a human, a human's human. Yeah. I, I don't think that my personal situation should involve other people, but I can see how some people would think, hey, I'm going to kill a bunch of people before I go. Right, right. And it's not a, a pretty picture to look at, but you have to look at that person's frame of mind and how unhappy they were. Right. To get so that there's a joyless person. You show I'll show you yeah, that that, that person you can say they're mentally ill or whatever. I'll I'll tell you what they lacked in their life is any type of joy. Well, I don't want to end the end the episode on a sad yeah. note, but uh, you know, yeah, no, this is about happiness and it's about dynamic, being dynamic, and you know, being here to you know weaving and dodging with the emotions because emotions come from outside of us you know yeah. we're out in the world and emotions come from the person next to us the angry driver behind us the the clerk who is really impatient or the restaurant you know the wait- waiter who is really imp- you know so we need to there know there will always be that yeah we need to know how to weave and dodge and yeah. maintain our own balance it's yeah kind of, you know balance is actually that that key word well and the other key word that we brought up happiness you yeah. you you have to be happy in your life if you're not if you're not uh, working towards happiness, uh, you, what, where does that leave you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If today isn't the best, and I say it to people all the time from the clerks at convenience stores to whatever, they ask me, how's it going? And I say it's the best ever because it has to be. Mm-hmm. This has to be. And if it's not, well, then what are you doing wrong? You talked about the cortisol release in the brain. Now, I've seen that in effect. Mm-hmm. I've seen... The, the the alcohol replaced uh, with uh, video games and pinball mm-hmm. and music while I'm playing. Mm-hmm. You've seen me play. I, I always have to have the music going. If, 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 if I don't, it's half the rush. So that's got to be part of the picture. Right. But I have achieved like a synthetic form of alcohol. Right. A, a, a Some sugar candy, synthetic. a little bit of tobacco... It, but it seems all boring. Some a lot of caffeine in pop and and, mm-hmm. and and coffee, but yeah, I get that feeling, yeah. that joy that I got from alcohol. Right now, now let relate this to the average listener. Relate this to someone who maybe hasn't quite found that happy thing, or maybe they don't quite feel as free as you do to just go do something that makes them happy. How do you think that somebody? gets gets to that place how do you think that they make those discoveries or get back back to a state where they're on vacation all the time you know they're in minnesota and the snow's on the ground but they're on vacation internally inside yeah yeah you, in in and i practice that too at my desk and in everything i do i try and make it fun or like a game yeah you know, I try and make everything I do like a game, whether it be, you know, some people can, you know, it's kind of the glass is half full or the glass is half empty. I was walking last night and, and really, it was really stressful because there was water over the ice everywhere. Yeah. And one false move, and you know, people were drinking and falling down as it was, you know, and then, but to add the ice mixture and I thought, you know, well, this is kind of going to kind of be fun. I'm going to. I'm going to walk up, I could see long down the sidewalk, and I thought, well, I'm going to walk up there, and then I'm going to avoid the ice over here. Uh, so basically like a a very small video game, but I didn't fall down. Yeah. yeah. So the game there was to, 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 to not fall down. But it, it, 
you know, that's a great, a great point. It took me so long, and I, I had focused on it several times about the, you, you know, you got to find something that brings you joy in life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it used to be sex and money. Yeah. Or money and sex. One of those two. Right. It was never pinball, but it was one of those two recurring thoughts. And I was yeah. always trying to get, you know, one of those two things. And that uh, it just kind of came to me one day when I was like, I was sitting there and we were, you know, at a meeting and I was incredibly bored. And the big problem with the playing pinball out was there's alcohol there. Right. So for me, it was kind of like, you know, I had played all the machines I had at home. And then I thought, well, there's not really a place with a bunch of machines. But then it came to me. But I was thinking other people can do it. Uh, you know, my daughter, uh, Claire, she plays harp. Okay. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Some people do needlepoint. I don't get it. I would never do needlepoint. It's boring. It's uh, uh, watching my daughter play the harp brings me joy, but playing it is is difficult. And but she loves it. So I mean, if you can find anything like that, you know, it, even your job. For fifteen years, I was a bill collector, and I used to. Uh, I had it on a a sign at my desk: a, a man that loves his job never works a day in his life. Right. And I did I, I didn't do very much collecting. I did more problem solving if I had to. But I, I more administrated the office and I really loved it. Mm-hmm. So so that was my before and that kept me, you know, plenty sober for years. Right. And I, I thought I had a great life, but I you know, I, I, I put too much dependence on you know, my uh my wife. Right. You know, I thought we were a team. Sources of motivation, sources of happiness. Yeah. As a a source of... uh... You know, I never really... I kind of misjudged the situation in my marriage, I think. I I thought... I always saw that everything in her... Everything in my life was shared. Everything in her life was her own. Got it. And she would say that, and I still thought, you know, oh, that's a cute thing, but it really, you know, it wasn't, and, and, and she was dead serious. Something that I wanted to kind of mention, back to what we were talking about, about making things fun for yourself, finding finding the fun factor, or finding a little happiness in the, the mundane, or, you know, just the everyday little things. There's a term that's... Um, I think it's becoming more popular. Uh, it's like an industry term. It's called gamification. And what that means is creating games out of what would be like a set of rules. So, for example, you're training at a job. So whatever job, maybe you're stocking groceries at Meyer, at a grocery store or something. Yeah. And so, you know, they sit you down and they maybe run you through a little uh, half hour or an hour long training program. Yeah you know, instructions or whatever. Now, now, nowadays, what they're trying to do is they're trying to tap into exactly what you're talking about, this fun factor that is, is we're all sort of urging for. We all sort of want this fun factor in our lives mm-hmm. all the time. And it's called gamification. And what they would do is 
they would turn this training program into a video game or some sort of game where you have, you know, you're instead of just reading the instructions for this training, you're now maybe playing a character and you learn these rules through encountering, you know, through, through encounters. And maybe you have the ability to make a choice. And depending on your, your answer, your choice, it'll then provide you the rule. It'll say, yeah, that's, you know, it'll maybe say you chose correctly. This is how to stock the shelf. Or it'll say, that's incorrect. You know, you, yeah. you failed the choice. Uh, this is how to stock the shelf. And not a failed in a negative way, but in a, in a sort of a fun game type of way. And, you know, it might provide some visual effects, you know, some a points. You know, we all played Mario. We've all played yeah. Pinball and Mario Brothers. We know what it looks like on the screen to have, like, points and coins or whatever. You're, you're accumulating, you know, you're, uh, you're winning. You're sort of, you know... Yeah, getting these little uh, well points mean nothing, right? Right, but well, you know, within the context of the game, yeah, it's a way mean, to measure your success or your, you yeah. know, and from there you can challenge yourself. And a lot of people are, you know, it, it puts it in more of a fun context instead of just a piece of paper with a list of rules. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I was, no one um, reads those rules, right? Exactly, no one reads it. But do people play games? Yeah, they love playing. You know, people love well. I've told you before that everything, my whole success in in life, was based on on video games, and at that time that was an incredibly unpopular thing to say. This is I don't know if it was a wave of school shootings I don't remember, but there was just incredible drama about these video games and they're terrible. And there's people on the screen, and I mean, these are basically stickmen running around shooting people. Right. I think I was playing the game Berserk at the time, which is a stickman running around and shooting people, and they're saying that, you know, politicians are saying, this is terrible, these people are watching, they're playing these games, and, but everything that, uh, you know, it's all, uh, it, it can all be equated to a game of Galaga, where just, you know, like at my collection job, I just thought of it as, well, okay, you know, you basically, each uh, collection is like a wave of... Right, a wave of enemies. And we do need to conclude, so we're going to pick up next time. We love you guys. Anyone who's listening, thank you so much, you know. Thank uh, you, Jocko Willing. Third by- <laughs> Steve knows my, my pattern by now. <laughs> I wasn't going to do any shout-outs, but I guess we should. Yeah. No, thank you to, I don't know, they've heard their names enough times, but uh, it's again, it's just the cusp of thought in 2018. It's anyone who's who's listening, people who are listening and providing, you know, pro- progressive conversation. That's really who I want to shout out. Um, anyone I never would have heard about Jocko Willink if it wasn't for... No, yeah, thank you, Jocko. He came up this week again, of course. We've listen- listened to a couple podcasts at your desk. Yeah, yeah. And been- most people would be annoyed by that, but I, I think, hey, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, t- uh, Tim Ferriss. I've been revisiting some Ferriss. Uh, who else has been in my playlist this week? Um, any musicians you want to thank? Yeah. I don't know, but you're... All right, all right. Uh, anyway. All right, all right. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll wrap this up, and this is... Uh, See you guys soon, I guess, right? More peace out. More self improvement. More peace out. <laughs> more that? more peace. My my young kid terms. Alright. Goodbye. I'm done. Bye. Bye.